Are you a new lawyer who's about to go to court for the first time and feel like you're about to throw up on your tie? Today's episode is for you. Hi, I'm Lee Davis, attorney at law and owner of Lee Davis Law LLC here in Atlanta, Georgia. The practice of law is complicated. Today, I'm going to try to help explain a little bit of it. Today's episode is really aimed at new lawyers. Folks who have just gotten out of law school and passed the bar and are just trying to learn their way around a courtroom and what to do when your case maybe gets called in before the court. So we're gonna to talk today about your first court appearance and just some tips that could make your first experience a little easier. I'm going to assume if you work in a firm or even if you work on your own, that your first appearance is probably going to be a motion hearing. So you're gonna be on a motions calendar. And if you'd seen any of the previous episodes, I did one on calendars and different types of calendars. Well, this is going to be one specifically for you, a motions calendar. This is your day in the sunshine. You get to stand up and talk and make an argument on behalf of your client for the first time. The first thing you should know is that when you get a notice to appear in court, most likely you are not going to be the only case there that day. Don't make the mistake that I did. I showed up for my first calendar. This case, it happened to be a bench trial calendar. I showed up thinking that I was going to be the only case on the calendar. So what did I do? I sat down at the plaintiff's table and I got out all of my stuff onto the table, get ready for my short, brief little uh, bench trial that would probably last all of an hour and a half. Once the judge had told everybody to please be seated, I rose again and I announced boldly to the judge, Your Honor, we're here and we are ready to proceed. In which case he turned and looked at me and he happened to know who I was and said, Mr. Davis, do you mind if I read the calendar of the rest of the cases that are here today? So just be aware that there are going to be other cases there with you on your court appearance. So what do you do? The judge is going to start calling out cases on the calendar. When your case is called, you're going to give three pieces of information. One, you stand up and say your name and who you represent and who they are in the case, plaintiff or defendant. Two, you announce how long you think your part of the hearing is going to last. How long do you think you're going to argue? in your particular part of the case. And three, you're going to tell the court whether or not you want the hearing recorded. That is, do you want a court reporter to take it down? If you want it taken down, be prepared to pay the court reporter your half of the takedown fee. A lot of them will bill you, but it may be that in some of these cases these days, they're making you pay right there in court. So you might always want to take a credit card or some other type of payment that you can use right there in court to pay your part of the takedown. Don't be offended. A lot of people are slow to pay court reporters and they're just making sure that they get their money. And then once you've announced your three pieces of information, the judge will call the next case. You just sit down and you wait your turn. The judge is going to probably reorder the cases on the calendar in the order that the judge anticipates calling them for hearings. So. If you were the first case that he called, you may not be the first case that gets called for the hearing. You might be reordered later on, depending on how long you anticipate your hearing lasting. A word of warning on time announcements, though. Some lawyers think it's a slick trick to stand up and say, Your Honor, I anticipate this will only take about five minutes. When the lawyer knows very well it's going to take 45 minutes to an hour. You just simply don't want to be put at the end of the calendar. You know what? Judges were once lawyers, too, and they understand how that works. 
I recommend giving a realistic but conservative number. That way when you show up in front of the judge again, and you will show up in front of the judge again, and you announce, I think it's really only going to take 10 minutes, you're going to have some credibility with the judge if you came in under 10 minutes the time before. So keep in mind, don't play games with your time announcement. It's not going to go well for you in the end. Once the judge has called the calendar and you've taken your seat again, prepare to be bored because you're going to have to sit there and you're going to have to listen to other cases as the judge calls them and the lawyers argue their case. For me, this is one of the worst parts of the practice of law. I don't know why, I just can't stand to listen to other people argue about their cases. It doesn't mean anything to me, it doesn't have any relevance to why I'm there, and most of the time all I can think about is, wow, they're really messing this up. A lot of people stand up at the lectern and they forget about what the big picture is at a hearing. A hearing is about convincing the judge that your side of the argument is right. It is not a chance to stand up and do an audition for a legal television show. This is not Madlock or Law and Order. You stand up and you tell your side of the story and you tell the judge why your side wins. And you do it as quickly and concisely as possible. That is what a hearing is for. And I know that a lot of people take moot court and mock trial in law school. And some of those skills will serve you well. Respect for the court always works. But this is not moot court, this is not mock trial, and this is not law school. This is real court, this is, these are real minutes, and every minute that somebody is sitting in that courtroom is costing clients money. And you have to keep that in mind. It's not just your client, it's everybody else's client. And remember something else too, that judge almost certainly has lunch plans and does not want to be late for lunch. So don't get up there and strut around like a peacock, like you're trying to audition to be the next Matlock. Just be a lawyer. Make your argument. Talk to the judge. The judge was a lawyer too once. All you have to do is have a conversation. You tell them why you think your side is right. That's all it is. So I said to prepare to be bored. Prepare to be bored. But also prepare to be anxious and nervous and probably a little irritated that it's taking that long. A tip I have for dealing with that is I usually take a pad and a pen with me, not just to write notes, but to also write down thoughts as I'm sitting there waiting. It's amazing how many times a really great argument or maybe a great tie-in to something occurs to me while I'm just sitting there waiting for my case to be called. I have to do something to tune out the other arguments so the case is just constantly cycling in the background of my mind and every now and then something great gets spit out. And so I write it down. And in order to help that happen, I recommend another tip of mine. And it is nothing personal to my clients or anything like that, but I don't want to be stuck sitting next to my clients in court. Not because they're not good people and not because I don't want to help them, but because I do want to have that downtime where I can mentally prepare. So now you've endured the boredom and the anxiety and the irritation, maybe you've cycled it through your mind and now your case is being called. Pick up your briefcase or just your file, whatever you have with you, and move inside the bar to sit at one of the tables. Traditionally, although not necessarily, the plaintiff sits at the table that's closest to the jury box. I don't know why this is, it's just how it is. The prosecution always sits closest to the jury, the plaintiff always sits closest to the jury. It's just tradition more than anything else. 
If you sit at the wrong table, it's no big deal. I doubt anybody's gonna make a big deal out of it. But if you always want to make sure that you are in a place where you're gonna feel like you are right, just remember, plaintiff sit closest to the jury, the defendant sits farthest away from the jury. Once you get there, quickly unpack your materials, whatever it is that you need to refer to during your argument, which hopefully won't actually be that much, unless you have a specific quote that you want to read. And I would caution against using too many quotes. Reading from a case is not really argument. You should use a quote to really highlight a point in your argument rather than make the argument yourself. I knew a lawyer one time whose entire brief consisted of nothing but cut and pasted paragraphs out of cases with no real argument in between, just simply regurgitating what someone else had written in a legal opinion at some time before him. Needless to say, I didn't have much trouble with that lawyer in court. We won the case rather easily. But an effective argument is where you synthesize the things that people have done before, add them to the facts of your case, and you put together a new picture for the court. And that new picture has you winning at the end of this argument. So you don't want to just recite things that people have done before. The real magic is in that synthesis where you take what they have done before and apply it to your particular case. When you stand up to the lectern to give your argument, keep in mind your time announcement. I recommend trying to come in underneath the time announcement. And rarely in a case when I'm arguing a motion do I announce longer than 10 minutes. And there is a very good reason for that. I firmly believe that if I need more than 10 minutes to convince the judge that I am right, I'm probably not right. If you can't convince somebody that you are right in less than 10 minutes, maybe you're not. So I always try to keep my arguments as simple as I can and as quick as I can. So how do I do that? I keep things laser focused. I try to pick the three or four facts that if proven means that we win. And I try to make the whole argument revolve around those three or four facts. So I give the court the three or four facts that I want in the front of the judge's mind. Then I pick the best case that I have, maybe the best two, but no more than two. And I present those to the judge. And I say, judge, with these facts in these two best cases that we have, you put those together and it means that we win this motion. That could mean any type of motion. It could be a motion to compel discovery. It could be a motion for summary judgment. It could be a motion for almost anything, and I usually follow the same formula. I want to paint the picture with the best facts that we have applied to the best law that we have and present that to the judge and tell the judge this is why we win. And I try to do it in well under 10 minutes. And remember, this is oral argument on a motion. The judge already has the written motion and already has the written brief. Oral argument is not a time for you to simply read your brief or to rehash every single thing that's in your brief. The judge, presumably, will have already read the briefs or will have their law clerk do so, but they should know something about the case already. I usually ask in an offhanded way by simply saying, I'm going to skip a full recitation of the facts if you would like more factual background, I'm happy to provide it, but I'm just going to jump right in. And if the judge really hasn't read your briefs, this is a good way for the judge to tell you, no, I need you to tell me a little bit more about the case without you really calling them out in court. But remember, oral argument is to hit the high points. 
It's simply to fill in the gaps that might exist after the briefing. Because you've got your brief, you've got the other side's brief, you've probably got a reply brief, and who knows, maybe a serve reply brief if people just can't seem to cut themselves off at the keyboard. It's not a chance to regurgitate all of that. Merely hit the high points. And that leads me to the last thing. Be brief. Be concise and be seated. You'll be able to tell during the hearing whether or not the judge is getting what you have to say. If the judge is on your side and already gets what you have to say, don't keep beating a dead horse. The only thing you're going to do is maybe convince the judge that maybe you're not right after all. Once you have the judge on your side, wrap it up and sit down. Be brief, be concise, and be seated. You do your part and you get out of the way and you let the judge do their part. This is especially true if the other side keeps shooting themselves in the foot. And you'll be able to tell when that happens too. My typical practice is, I just let it be. I don't stand up and point out that they've shot themselves in the foot. The judge usually knows, and you can usually tell that the judge knows. When the judge is on your side, don't give them a reason to think twice. Let them go with that. So those are my tips on how to survive your first court appearance as a new lawyer. I hope you found it helpful, and I hope it'll be helpful in the future for you. So that's all we have for today. Until next time.